Welcome to the Everyday Vacation Podcast. My name is MJ Gordon, minimalist entrepreneur and lifestyle coach, and I'll be sharing with you resources, people, and messages to help you create more balance and energy so you can live life on your terms. Thank you for being here with me today. Let's get the vacation vibes rolling. Hello, friends. I'm excited to introduce today's guest. He's a colleague and a friend of mine, an international best-selling author and expert in sales training recruitment. His podcast is Catapulting Commissions, and as a keynote speaker, he has shared the stage with Les Brown and Jack Canfield. His strategies are used worldwide by individual sales producers and sales leaderships, and I'm so excited for him to share some of those strategies and insights with all of us here on The Everyday Vacation. Please welcome Anthony Garcia. Anthony, thank you so much for being with us. MJ, thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to spend time on the Everyday Vacation podcast. Couldn't be more happier to be here this morning. Thank you. I I can't be happy to have you on there. Couldn't be happier to have you you on here as well. And we've had some really good conversations this morning already. Um, And I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you and share you with our audience um, who are a bunch of entrepreneurs, business owners who are trying to get to the next level up. Um, But before we get into that, I'd love to hear more about who you are and what you're about and how you ended up being you know, where you're at. Yeah, no, great, great starting question. Again, thank you for having me here. So a little bit, I have been in sales, sales leadership, sales entrepreneurship for nearly 20 years now. Um, I've built sales teams. My very first sales team, I, I uh, first sales job I had was 19 years old. The first sales team that I built, I was 21 years old. At 22, I had a sales team of 125 people working for me. So, wow. so I jumped into this, I'm going to build high-performance sales teams. And so that that scaled. So from doing entry-level sales jobs to the the last sales team I built, I didn't have anybody on my team that made less than 100 grand a year. And it was, it, it was a great foundation. So I took all of that and built a consulting firm that really specializes and focuses on getting the most out of your sales performance, whether that is you, the individual contributor, you, the team leader. And when we created this program and we call it catapulting commissions, I found that the salespreneur was drawn to it. So this program, I was crafted this program for like, oh, I'm going to go back into the corporate world where I was and say, hey, we're going to, we're going to talk on the sales. We're going to get high performance. And by, I, I guess by accident, the salespreneur has become the primary person that I work with now. These are founder-led companies. These are small sales teams that are saying, I want to get the most out of my sales team, whether it's strategic or if it's sales goals, if it's mental. So that is where, that is my background. That's what I've been doing for, I've been doing it for the past 20 years. Catapult the Commission has been up and running for three years. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit, hope that kind of gives a little background. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, 25, that's incredible. So, I mean, what is the secret to being a top salesperson, whether it's for your own self, you know, own business or whether you're managing a team? Is there like a, a special sauce? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, the funny thing, right? The special sauce, and I, and I, I say this, it's, it's anticlimactic, right? The special sauce is I never quit. So that's, let's just be really clear. <laughs> I just, I just don't quit. Now, I'm, I'm not... You know, there's sales trainers that are like, oh, I'm going to follow up and do all of this and become annoying. There's, no, I just never quit. But the true sauce that I look for 
And I think the more appropriate way to address that, what's the special sauce for high performers, is I'm looking for sales professionals when I'm building a team. And when I what I'm going to say right here to your, to your audience is when I'm looking to build a team, I also talk about myself. So if you're listening and you're the founder of your company and, and you're the person responsible for driving sales, this applies to you also. I look for people that can handle and go through adversity. That's it. Mm-hmm. When someone tells me, like, hey, what is the secret you're looking for? Does I, fast talker sales experience all of that all of that is is irrelevant to me like i don't i don't care i just want to know can you handle and persevere in the face of adversity so much so that when i interview people to work with me when someone wants to work with me i would say walk me through the greatest uh adversity you've ever faced and how'd you overcome it it can be personal professional whatever you're comfortable sharing with me and what people didn't realize is i didn't care if it was personal or professional what i wanted to hear was I got slapped in the face a hundred times. I got up and kept going. That's what I want to hear. And that really is the secret of saying, okay, I can go through the adverse moments, the peaks and valleys in life and keep going forward. So what about for uh, people who are maybe just their own business owner, their adversity right now might be, I don't feel like I have enough time and energy or I, you know, I'm not getting sales. And so, you know, there's this struggle with balance in life. Like, you know, does that come with more practical goal setting or does it come with just a mindset? Yeah. So, so for, for that founder led that saying, I'm not getting the sales in life. Right. And and they might even say, Anthony, you're, you're full of crap. Like I can handle adversity. I started a business. You know, how hard, you know how adversity is filled in starting a business. I totally get it. The world of sales. If you're not getting enough sales, I'm going to say this wholeheartedly and honestly, how much time have you spent studying the craft? And you're going to say, mm-hmm. Hey, I don't have time to study the craft. If you're not getting the sales and you don't have time to study the craft, then let's let's, let's kind of call call it is what it is. It's not important to you right now. You have to be willing to say, "I'm going to learn this trade." Now, I don't, I don't expect everybody that 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 is listening. I know everybody who works with me; they are not expert sales professionals. They're saying, "Okay, how do I improve this?" And for some, it is, "I'm going to be a sales management. I'm going to be a sale. I'm going to manage the salesperson. I know what I'm looking for." I might not be the salesperson myself. Uh, the others, someone might say, you know what? I'm going to learn the ins and out of this. Truth be told, I say this all the time. Learning sales, like the ability to sell, the ability to influence, the ability to ask the right questions, that's pretty easy. It's just a time. Like the only sacrifice is time. You have to learn the resources. You can pay tons of money to the gurus. You can listen to podcasts. You can read read books. You can watch YouTube videos. There's numerous ways out there that you can learn, and there's tons of sales modalities, but we can go down a rabbit hole, but you want to find the one that works best for you. But once you have that skill component, it's just the mental strength to say, okay, I'm going to go to the next one and give yourself that learning curve. You know, we always, you know, you're in fitness, MJ, you'll get this. If I am a hundred pounds overweight, I didn't gain the hundred pounds of overweightness in three days. It was a long cycle of behaviors that got me there. If I've gone to the gym three days in a row, I'm not going to lose the 100 pounds. In that same scenario as a salesperson, if you haven't committed the time and resources to learn to be a salesperson and you've just started, give yourself that wiggle room to say, I'm going to improve. It doesn't happen overnight but you have to start somewhere. Hopefully that kind of gives you that direction of, of the question you're looking for. 
Yeah. So I'm hearing two things. Number one, don't quit. Mm -hmm. Maybe too many of us expect too much in the upfront. So we're not committed for the long term. And number two, always be learning, always be improving those skills. Absolutely. Every sales presentation that I make, everyone, I self-reflect. To this day, 20 years later, I still self-reflect. I Mm self-reflect when it went well. I self-reflect when it went bad. I am always saying, okay, did I do something wrong? And and here's something that really really has resonated with my my clients who don't come from a traditional sales background. I, I have clients that fall in two categories. People that have been in traditional sales, they're like me, they were trained young, and they've taken all these sales training programs, and that's all they've done. Then I have the founders, right? And I said the salespreneurs that are working and and sales is something they've fallen into, right? They didn't sign up for this. Like, all right, just fell into default. I started a business. No one was selling it, so I had to sell it. There is a difference between an objection and a condition. And the moment we can learn that as a salesperson, then we'll know where to be hard or not hard on ourselves. Objections. MJ, you're pricing your services too high. That's an objection. Condition. MJ, I got to be honest with you, the services you offer, so does my wife's cousin. And if I don't go with my wife's cousin, my life is going to be miserable at home. No matter how awesome you are, I'm not going to do that. Condition. You can't beat that intimate relationship between the prospect you're talking to and their spouse. You can handle the objection of, hey, your, your price is too high, it's perceived value. That is a skill we can fix. That applies in anything. So what are the objections and conditions that you're hearing when you're trying to sell your products or services? Objections we can handle. Conditions, right? There's always the one-off condition where it's not, you're, you're the customer's not going to buy or someone's not going to be the right fit, and that's okay. If you find yourself in a position where you're hearing more conditions, then we look back at the client avatar. Is the person that you're targeting the right fit for what you're selling? And then, um, you know, in the the always be learning method, if you go back and you just say, and the ones I like to learn from are the ones I didn't close. Because those ones are like the most eye-opening. Like I failed. I didn't, where did I go wrong? What did I do? But if you do that same uh, analytical approach to when someone says yes, replay that like you know muscle memory and sales is real what did i do well and can i repeat it the next time um so that's that's really where the the learning is the saying self-reflecting and then not being afraid to ask for help there is a community of people that do what you do no matter what it is you do there's people who do what you do learn from them shorten the learning curve find the right group to get around with ask the right questions um you know entrepreneurship is lonely. You and I know this. It's a lonely world. And, you know, I, I've made jokes, you know, with, with my wife. I'm like, hey, there's times where I'm like, man, outside of you, like I had no meaningful contacts with anybody that wasn't trying to sell something, buy something today. And we, we make that like, okay, we have to ensure we're engaged in our community to, to feed that brain, to, to get that networking in, to, to get that help because no one's going to succeed alone. So, so if I were to put this in my language, I I hear that the first step is make sure you're taking inventory. Mm -hmm. And then number two, identify what's actually adding value to you. Absolutely. And to gravitate towards, you cultivate those things that add value to you, whether it's, you know, people that can help give you more information, um, you studying to acquire more knowledge. Um, But, you know, you're talking about people. And I think this is something that, you know, we oftentimes uh, don't prioritize, but is really a priority. Is this is this what you're talking about when uh, you talk about the power circle of accountability? 
Oh, such such a good question. Absolutely. So we talk a lot about this power circle of accountability that you need people to hold you accountable. Right? It's a it's a component of people that that are around you that are going to say, "Hey, I'm gonna hold you accountable." Right? Spouse, coach, mastermind, network of friends. Right? We we list out different examples, but here's here's the key takeaway for your audience. MJ, you ever set a goal and miss the goal? Oh, yeah, right. for sure. It happens all the time, right? All the time. Right. Yeah. So I know your audience is listening right now saying, yeah, I've set a goal and I've missed the goal. New Year's. New Year's resolutions, we've all heard it before. 8% of New Year's resolutions are successful. 92% fail. If you're an entrepreneur, right, your goal is to be successful. The true reality is 50% of your entrepreneurs are going to fail in your business in the first five years and you're going to close the doors. Catapult Commissions was born because of those 50% that close, 80% claim the reason they're closing is they didn't produce enough revenue. So that was the, okay, let's fix that problem. But the true problem, right? And that, and, and what I'm telling you, that's like the sexy part of the business. When I tell like, oh, you come work with me, 50% of your business is going to fail, 80% say they can't produce revenue, I'm going to help you fix that. Like that's, like that's the money part, right? But the true reality is, is the accountability part. It's not sexy to talk about. Nobody wants to hear, oh, hold me accountable. But here, let's talk about the stats. If I want to set a goal and achieve a goal, if I tell no one, the likelihood of me completing it is slim to none. Mm. Okay. If I tell someone, the likelihood of me completing it is a little bit higher, right? So you always hear the story, share your goals. What's your goal? Tell me your goal. So we talk about the goal, right? I think the phrase is speak it to an existence. I do not like that phrase. I think that phrase is misleading because when you say speak it to existence, you'll have people speaking stuff to existence over and over again, and they'll never get anywhere. And when they fail on that goal, it damages your confidence to go for the next goal. And, and if you speak it to existence without a plan, the people around you are like, dude, you're just full of lip service. Like you no longer have credibility. The number one thing you can do in your power circle of accountability is have one person one person designed to hold you accountable. It can be a coach. It can be a colleague. If it's a spouse, you have to have some some spousal boundary rules on what that looks like because holding somebody professionally accountable to the goal, right? there, there has to be a, a, met, uh, a method to that madness. And we can definitely dive into that. But here's why you want somebody to hold you accountable. The National American Training Study or the National American Training Society uh, did this study on high performance in sales saying, Hey, how do salespeople achieve their goals? How do salespeople succeed? How do salespeople grow, et cetera. And what they found is when a salesperson hits a goal, and this is going to go for any goal setting. And, and, and I know this because I've, once I found the stat, I found it regurgitated and pick a pick a application. The data I'm going to share with you has been regurgitated. If I commit to one person, the likelihood of me increasing my, of me hitting my goal, is 65%. I get a 65% chance increased by hitting my goal competing to you. So if I tell you, MJ, I'm going to commit to you, then I'm going to hit my goal, and you and me, are going to, we're going to have discussions about accountability, like a non-formal relationship. Oh, you shoot me a text. How's it going? Right? I'm in a better position than I was before. To get an almost 100% chance increased of the likelihood of hitting my goal with an accountability buddy, I have to have a set appointment every week. I have to have one appointment with that person every week where all we do is discuss the goal. That's accountability, and that's how you hit your goal. And so just one? Just once a week. You only need one. Once a week, one accountability buddy that I commit to 
every week. And, and your accountability buddy, right, as long as it's a set appointment that you agree to commit to and say, I'm going to work with this, you, you will be incredibly successful. Now, I have had clients that have taken this philosophy and some work with me. So we speak on their goals. We, we, we coach. We talk every week. Some have said, you know what? I've created my own mini mastermind. The mini mastermind I'm about to share with you right now, I'm jealous of this mini mastermind. I don't live where this client lives, but it sounds like it's amazing. There are four gentlemen, right? There are four gentlemen. They're all over 50. They are all thinking about the next 10, 15 years of life. They meet every Friday morning at 5.30 a.m. at a local coffee shop just to talk about their goals for the week. And this was supposed to be an hour meeting. It has now turned into like a three-hour happy hour at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> but my client's been hitting his goals. His group of colleagues have been hitting their goals. And so I said, hey, what else have you noticed? Like He's like, dude, marriage is better. Relationship with kids are better. And it's simply because... They have a little mini mastermind of four people that get together every Friday for coffee, and all they talk about is their goals, their business, their family, and I'm sure they talk sports now because I know I know the group, but they found that system of accountability where they meet on a consistent basis. So it, it translates not just to business and sales, but also to personal life and any other goals you might have. Absolutely. Think about this. I, you know, I'll say this, MJ, I have struggled with my I've struggled with body weight my entire life right so I, I was a former collegiate athlete I'll never forget I was like oh I'm so excited to get a certain weight and and all of this and then post-college no one told me all muscle if you don't keep it going well it turns to fat and then it was like okay then I slowed my body down then I got back in shape and I've had so many body fluctuations and I learned a lot of this applied in in health and fitness when I had a personal trainer that was just literally I had a personal trainer for the time would just sit and her conversations. What did you eat this week? I would feel like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like in trouble. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> here's what I ate. Here's what I drank. And so I found myself, you know what? I'm not going back to my appointment on Monday. I'm not paying this lady oh, no. tons of money to tell her I had a bunch of hot dogs and cheeseburgers and beers on Friday night. I'm not doing it. So I had to make a decision. I'm either going to lie or I'm going to honor the program and what I committed to. So I would show up and say, you know what? Because I didn't want to tell you on Monday morning that I had a bunch of pizza, drank a bunch of beers, and fell completely off what I told you. Here's what I did instead. And I and it was whatever I did was better than what I was going to do. And you know what I started seeing happen? I started seeing progress. I started seeing my yeah. body change. I started seeing the results I wanted. And once you see a little bit of the results you want, oh, man, it is just like full all in. That applies yeah. to everything. Business, relationships, marriages it's it's applicable you just have to have somebody to say i'm gonna hold you accountable and what i love about what i'm hearing anthony is despite how much success you've had despite how much leadership you know you're you're responsible for other people look up to you and you manage so many things even you still get a lot of value out of hiring somebody else to be your guide somebody else to be your coach and to hold you accountable. I hundred percent. I would be hypocritical if I was seriously, I didn't have somebody here to hold me accountable and the accountability. Yeah. It, it let's, let's just be honest here. It holds you accountable in different places, right? So I have somebody who holds me accountable in business. I have a best friend of mine, best friend of life. I mean, we've been friends since we were five years old. So, I mean, we're almost 35 years. He, we have been friends and I say friends, I mean, we talk daily still. He's my accountability buddy on life, male life, 
marriage and fatherhood. That's what we talk about. So every week we have a conversation that we just talk marriage and fatherhood. And we talk, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not going to share the, the private details of the conversation, but it's, it's, it's things that men struggle with, right? My marriage, my, my kids, and I don't want to say struggle, I guess that's inappropriate, but it's the things, the challenges we face. Like, sure, yeah. Yes. So I have to have somebody I talk to and we, we talk about saying the decisions we made, the actions we made. And I have found since him and I have committed to have these conversations, right? At first it was kind of weird because we've known each other like, hey man, tell me about what's going on with the kids, tell me about the wife. The more vulnerable we spoke to each other, the more that we said, okay, we're going to hold each other accountable to be the best husband, to be the best father. And it has changed. It is 100% changed. So I have taken this and run with it in everywhere. Now, my buddy who holds me accountable in marriage and fatherhood is not the person I pay tons of money to hold me accountable in business, right? There's definitely different yeah. types of level of accountability, but it is an applicable system. So I love, Anthony, the, that I heard the word vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's something I just have to say from a personal standpoint that you really exude on, on a positive level. Like I feel you're just like one of the most authentic people that I've ever met. And it's just so easy to feel comfortable around you. Um, can you speak more about that? Because I feel like for a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, they're trying to do it all. They're trying to hold it all together. Everything is like, you know, has this level of perfectionism or machoism, uh, you know, uh, performance expectations on oneself. Like if I don't have it all together, if my business feels like so there's sort of this fear of talking about those challenges or those things or feeling like, you know, they should have it all together and, and know the answers and have a path. You know, can you speak more about that in terms of why it's important? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing with vulnerability. If you want to, let's think about this, MJ. The relationship you have with your spouse, at a certain point in time, you said, I'm going to be vulnerable to you, my feelings, my deepest intimate thoughts, and they become your spouse. In business, not everyone can become my spouse. But to attract and retain your commitment to me in business, I have to be willing to be vulnerable with you. And in order for me to be vulnerable, I have to be authentic. Vulnerability at the bottom line is attractive. If you think about the relationships that are the most important in your life, they started from a state of vulnerability. So why in the world, when it comes to us building a business, we have to exude this level of perfectionism that isn't real? I, mm-hmm. I, I Here, I'm going to say this. I struggled with this, 100% struggled with this. I went, when I launched my brand, I was so influenced by the vanity metrics, the likes, the comments, the followers. It, it, it drove me crazy. I did everything in the world under the sun to try to grow a following. And everything in the world under the sun to grow a following was, wasn't authentic. It killed me. Like, I, it literally killed me. So about a year and a half ago. So it, it, two things. One, I felt like a fraud. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, and actually fed the imposter syndrome I was feeling. And they're like, oh my goodness, you 30,000, 40,000 people are following you. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, but this feels really fraud because I've done all these programs to help and boost and, and show this level of perfectionism. So I went and I, I, I eliminated, I deleted everything in social media that wasn't authentic. I deleted, I, 
I hired, <laughs> I hired a kid. And I said, you're going to go through my social media following. If it looks like a bot, if it looks unauthentic, if they don't engage, if it looks fake, if it's, and I shared with all the programs I did, delete it, delete it, delete it, delete it, delete it, delete it. And so wow, good on you. it completely, I mean, I lost like a 60, 70% of a social media following, but you know what I was left with an authentic group and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And here's why the vulnerability is impactful. I've gained more clients by being vulnerable and authentic with myself and say, Hey, I'm struggling or I'm growing. Um, even with my podcast, right? So, so I, I run my podcast. We're, we're coming up on, on 20,000 downloads soon. I felt when I got to 10,000 downloads, I was like, man, this feels great. Then I looked at some of the people in my niche and they were getting 10,000 a month. And here I am super excited getting 10,000 in a year. And I was like, man, you know what? And I just shared that authentically with my audience and my following. I had an inbox and a DM from someone who was like, man, I really appreciate you not faking it. Like, Hey, I'm building a brand. I'm growing. People love the journey. Think about this. If you could look, yeah, I'm sure you've seen this picture. You ever seen the picture of of Jeff Bezos in the uh, when he's building Amazon? The tables, his desk, it's like old spray paint yeah. Amazon.com, right? Right. Why don't you think about this? If you could watch a video podcast of Jeff Bezos in those early stages of building Amazon authentically, no fluff, no, Oh, here's this magic following. Here's the billionaire lifestyle. Him like, Hey, I'm struggling. My parents gave me a loan. I'm trying to create books to sell online and it's not hitting right away. My company went public and the stock price dropped to less than $4 or $3 a share. Would you want to see that? Would you, you you, you would want to see that's authenticity. That's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We're attracted to that. Where we get distracted or we get discouraged is when we're in the middle of it. We're like, oh, I feel like I should be successful. And it's not happening. And I tell everybody, the people who are going to work with you, the people who are attracted to you, they want to know that you're human. They want to see some of the failures. Show it to them. Don't hide from it. You only lose credibility when you do. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, it's exhausting, right? There was there was a point in my life where I was like, I have too much going on that I cannot spend energy caring Mm -hmm. about caring about, you know, maintaining this image of perfection about what other people think. I mean, you care to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. But if somebody's just not going to like you for no good reason or whatever, you know, what can you do about it? They're not your audience, right? It's not the, they're not the people you're selling to. Absolutely. The biggest mistake we make is to think that our product or services is good for everyone. It's really not. It's good for a ideal client avatar and the person you serve is how your business will grow. The moment you try to sell your product or services to everyone, you're selling it to no one. I love that. You're selling it to no one. Oh, that's good, Anthony. So what what is the uh, what is the key to getting the most out of sales or your sales team? You know, how do you keep them motivated? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be really simple. You're going to find an alignment with what we spoke about today. But we're going to just talk about goals. At the end of the day, right, your company is a vehicle for people. So if you are a, if you're a company and you're an entrepreneur, the company you've built is a vehicle for you to get what you want out of your life. So the moment you realize I can drive this vehicle in a certain direction, I can get what I want out of my life. That's how the entrepreneur thinks. 
this is a vehicle. So if I have my real estate firm or if I have my clothing business or I have my restaurant, I know the profits I generate help create the lifestyle that I want, help put pay for the mortgage, help pay for my kids, et cetera. It's just a vehicle to get the most out of the salespeople. When you hire a salesperson, the biggest mistake we make as a entrepreneur, as a founder, as a sales manager is thinking the salesperson we hired has the same motivation that we have as the founder. We hired a salesperson and for us to get the most out of them, we have to find out what that person's goal, personal goal is in life and teach them to use the job you've given them as a vehicle to get there. That's it. The vehicle is how we get to the goal. So if you want to get the most out of your salespeople, let's teach you how to use this sales job. So if, if I'm running an insurance agency and you're the very first person I hire to come work at my firm, State Farm, Farmers, et cetera, whatever, pick one, you come and you work with me. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to show you how to use your time working with me as a vehicle to get what you want out of life. What is it? And, and those are the conversations you have to get the most out of people you have to say. I would sit with my sales reps when I would hire them. You, talk, you mentioned vulnerability. I would say, hey, man, what do you want out of life? I'm like, what do you mean? Five years from now, what do you want? And everyone would have the same answer. Some corporate response. Oh, I want to be doing this. I want to be doing that. I want to be a, a, a manager. I want to be a regional director. I want to make X amount of money. Okay, that's cool. But why? Like, what do you really want out of life? Like, what is it that, what is the goal you're hoping for? And, and listen, I'm going to tell this to your audience right now because there's entrepreneurs that always have this money factor, right? I want to make, I want to be a seven figure entrepreneur. I want to be an eight figure entrepreneur. I want to make my first six figure a year. The money can't be the goal because once you've, yeah. once you've hit that goal, what's going to keep you there, right? Making a hundred grand a year is easy. Making a hundred grand a year, 10 years in a row. It's easy. Making a mm-hmm. hundred grand a year and finding purpose year over year and not allowing the money to define you. That's, that is where the character development takes place. Because mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, don't tell money, don't have money be your goal because money simply is not enough because two things happen, right? You get so attached to the money, you lose your moral compass, you lose your identity or two, once you make a certain level of money, it doesn't motivate you anymore. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, it's not, it's, it's, it's equivalent, right? If I told you right now, hey, go, go take out the trash, I'll give you $2. You're like, I'm not doing that crap for $2. Let me go tell my yeah. kid, hey, do this for $2. Like, yes, absolutely, 100%, right? <laughs> Same concept applies. I love that because, you know, we talk a lot about creating our everyday vacation here mm-hmm. on this podcast. It's our, you know, focus. What does an everyday vacation mean to you? And I think a lot of times we look at money instead of the metric as the end goal and that more money is better. Um, and I will say, you know, personally for us, we have to actually discuss, we, me and my husband discuss that, um, you know, how much money do we actually want to make to maintain the lifestyle that we actually want to have? So we, we actually say a, a lot of no's to money opportunity in order to maintain our everyday vacation, the, the kind of life that we want to experience daily on our terms. And because of that, it is a balance to, you know, be motivated to make more sales to you know, keep it going just enough, but also, you know, a balance of not being unmotivated because we're, we're very content with what we have. You know, is there anything that you can say to people who may be out of balance in that respect? You know, if they're, they're focused too much on the money or uh, focused too much on working, yeah, um, absolutely. you know, how do they, how do they know? Absolutely. Here, here's the thing. I'm like you, 
I say no to things all the time. When someone's like, oh, I have this money-making opportunity, right? Fun fact, side note, if you have somebody in your network you know that's a salesperson and they love being in sales, they love teaching sales, doesn't mean they always want to sell everything, right? I get propositioned to sell everything and anything all the time. I mean, from all over the globe. Like, hey, we have this new product. You want to sell? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Like, I literally do not want to sell every product service. Everyone has their magic bell whistle. So you mentioned alignment. You mentioned saying no to things. I always try to focus my alignment by reverse engineering it. What is it that I want in my life? So 10 years from now, what do I want? Five years from now, what do I want? Heck, at the end of 2022, what do I want my life to look like? And so we reverse engineer the goal, right? Everyone hears it in business, reverse engineer your business. Oh, I can reverse engineer and funnel hack your, your activity. I can tell you how many people need to visit your website, how many calls you need to make. I get it. Do the same thing for your goal. And if you reverse engineer where you want to be, you realize there's certain things that don't end up in alignment with what you want to be. So if I want in five years from now to have a certain type of lifestyle or and it's and, and the lifestyle I'm saying isn't money filled. It's more health filled. Like I want to enjoy my life. Do mm-hmm. I want to take on a certain project that truth be told is going to add additional stress, is going to distract me from the original goal that I set out? And hey, you may make a little bit of money in it. We've already said money's not everything. Like, ah, it's not yeah. for me. So if you reverse engineer the life you want, you'll realize what to say no to. I love that. That is so amazing. I love all your insights. I could talk to you all day (laughs) and I wish we could. Maybe we could have you on the show again. Um, I just appreciate so much your perspective, all of the amazing strategies that you've shared here. Um, If our community wants to connect with you more and learn more about catapulting commissions, how to increase their sales or any of these goal setting strategies, how can they find you? Yeah, 100%. Anthony, P. Garcia. So my middle name is Paul, anthonypgarcia.com. Links you to everything that I do, catapulting commissions, the podcast. I mean, you Google pops up everywhere, but just go to anthonypgarcia.com and it'll redirect you to everything. Awesome. And I'll make sure to stick those links in the show notes in the video description so you all can get access to that. I thank you so much for your time here, Anthony. I just, I always enjoy my time with you. I always get amazing nuggets of wisdom, both on a personal and professional level. So it's been an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for being here with us. My pleasure, MJ. Thanks for having me. And I wish you nothing but success this year. Thanks for guys. Some really cool key tips out of today's conversation. If you haven't checked out Catapulting Commissions yet, Anthony's podcast, be sure to check that out in the links in the show notes. I've done an interview with Anthony myself, diving deeper into how this fits into energy and your everyday vacation. So make sure you check that out and give him a follow. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I'll catch you all next time.